At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. This podcast is sponsored by The Master Group, and it just so happens that they have a dedicated shelf for, for Subco products, and a lot of those Trade Fox products are on that shelf. If you guys are in Canada and you're looking to go and get some day-to-day stuff or, or some, some Subco stuff or Yellow Jacket stuff or, or whatever you need, pop in and, and check them out and check out master.ca. So this Armstrong tip I have for you guys is regarding expansion tanks. Now, first off, when we send water into a building for like a boiler that it's makeup water we can't just send it in there at city pressure because the city pressure might be too high for the appliance you really got to read through the manual so i suggest putting a prv which is a pressure reducing valve on the city water to reduce it first of all okay and then what you want to do is you want to set your expansion tank if you have an expansion tank in the system you want to set it to the cold water fill pressure the same and Armstrong is suggesting we go two to five PSI above that. Now, somebody online made a, a really good point about why um, why they might want this, is, is that elevated pressure, that two to five, is because it helps keep that diaphragm moving back and forth. Because if it was equal to the cold water fill, it would just kind of sit stagnant. It, w- it wouldn't move. If it was slightly pressurized, it would be kind of moving back and forth because we need a pressure difference to move anything, right? If the pressure is the same on both sides, equal, it's not going to move. So that was a really good point that somebody made. And tip is brought to you by Armstrong, guys. They are in the pump game and they're one of the best. So check them out. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I'm humble. I'm humbled that you're you're back and listening to another episode. What we're going to talk about on this podcast is is interesting to say the least because it sort of shines a light, a spotlight on the average technician. Now, if you haven't heard about this sort of brand that Supco has created, you're going to hear about it and you're going to hear the story of how it happened. Now, if you don't know Supco created a brand called Trade Fox. Now, Trade Fox is a brand that takes technician invented tools and they help those technicians bring those tools to market because if you if you have an idea a prototype or a drawing or or whatever you got think about all the steps you need to go through legal you need to find somebody to make it like a factory and then you got to pay thousands of bucks to make them and find a place where where you're going to sell them and it's it's a very intricate sort of process to say the least now supco is helping technicians that have these ideas and prototypes and 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 tool uh, thoughts. They, they want to work with you guys and, and help bring these things to market if you're interested in doing so. So I'm going to talk to Jim Adcox. He's the executive vice president at Subco, and he's going to talk about this program and how it works and how it started. And it's really interesting about, or I would say it's really interesting on how it started, to be honest with you. And Jim's going to tell all that right now. So let's get to it, guys. This is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Hey Jim, so we uh, we got some Trade Fox stuff to talk about. Y'all, y'all ready? Y'all set? We are set. Awesome. Okay, so how you doing? First of all, it's been uh, we we talked about six or seven months ago in the summertime, and it's it's been a while. So how you been? Uh, it's been really uh, really good. You know, the pandemic has uh, made us do a lot of things differently, and we're still you know trying to get caught up and get people you know working from home and. A lot of logistical 
issues with containers and so forth, but I think we're doing okay and uh, business is great. That's that's awesome. That's good to hear. That's kind of what I'm hearing a lot around the industry is that a lot of people are, even though the pandemic is a bit of a, a pain in the butt, it's still not hampering too many um, too many of us in, in this industry. It, it seems to be so... I mean, I think we've all picked a good industry here to be in because everybody needs heat and everybody needs cooling. And there's so many... Um, applications and critical environments that need to be maintained and serviced and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's really keeping the, uh, the wheels rolling here. No, I agree. And I think that, uh, with folks spending more and more time at home and it certainly makes them want to, you know, make their house comfortable and, you know, that there's a little extra money there because they didn't go on vacation. <laughs> They're, you know, probably not going to the dry cleaners because they're not going to the office. They're not using as much gas because they're staying at home. And so they've got a little pent up money. And and I think, you know, many of them think it's a good time to, you know, upgrade or or fix their existing air conditioning. And of course, in the commercial space, you know, as the restaurants come back online, uh, you know, the commercial refrigeration space should start to improve as well. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you you mentioned upgrades it's like every it's upgrades all around the um like i don't know what it's like where you are but we had an issue here in the summer where there was a wood shortage because everybody was putting money into their house building decks and stuff like that and it was really hard to get wood it was it was very it was very strange i've never heard of a wood shortage before and 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 we also bought a uh an atv in the summer and um when we did the financing for it, the guy on the phone, he's like, it's incredible. He's like the amount of people that are buying boats, ATVs, trailers. He's like, it's like through the roof. It's like, no, people are, people are working maybe less or whatever, but I don't know where they're getting all this money from. Everybody's just splurging. So it was really weird to, to hear all that happening through the pandemic. Well, I think uh, pre pandemic, I think the percentage of that Americans had in savings was like 9%. And then I heard the the number twenty one percent now. Really? And wow. So, yeah. Well, so that they you know they didn't spend that money to go on vacation, and you know they've got some money, especially if they're able to work from home and they're not taking uh, a pay cut or losing a job. That that money is just going into the bank instead of being spent like it normally would have been, and the. ATVs and the trailers and all that is because since you can't, you know, get on an airplane and go to a nice hotel, they're camping. Uh, people don't want to stay in the house. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, for the first few months, I think it's bearable. But after that, you know, folks are ready to get out. And yeah. it seems like camping, ATVing and all those type of uh, sports are easy to do and and fun. And so people have a little extra money and they're, they're going to spend it. But I think the exciting part for me is I think after the we get, you know, handle on this pandemic, I think the economy is just going to be crazy. Yeah, I I agree with you because everybody, people, well, hopefully people will be flying again and going on holiday and hopefully that there's not too many restrictions on that. But just when restaurants open up and people can go back to um, dining out and going to clubs and bars and golf courses and, and all this kind of stuff. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think everybody's just going to be out there just, uh, wave, waving, um, what do you, what do you call it when you, uh, make, making it rain with their, with their hundred dollar bills? You know what I mean? Make um, it rain. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. So anyway, enough about the pandemic. That's sort of a little, I don't know. It's, it's a little dreadful to continue to talk about that, but let's, um, let's, let's get into this trade Fox thing. Cause I think it's really exciting what you guys are doing with it. But before we do, I just, we should maybe get an introduction of yourself and just, uh, let, let everybody know what, what your role is at SUPCO and, and what you do over there. Um, at SUPCO, I'm the executive vice president and, um, uh, mostly, you know, I do uh, run the sales force and um, uh, quite a few other things, but mainly I run the, the sales force throughout the United States, uh, Canada, and all over the world, actually. 
And uh, also, um, I do a lot of the uh, Subco Trade Fox uh, stuff and um, help the uh, the family, you know, run the business, which is, you know, one of the reasons that we're able to do the Subco Trade Fox is because of the fact that we are, you know, privately held uh, and owned by the same family for, you know, over 70 years. Who is, um, who's the family that owns Subco? The, the family, their, their name is Mancuso, uh, currently two brothers, Chris Mancuso and Tony Mancuso. Um, and I've known the family, oh, geez, probably uh, 35 years or longer. And uh, which is why when I got the opportunity to, to uh, join the company about uh, almost, I guess, nine years ago, um, I, I just uh, jumped at it because in the past I've always worked for, you know, very large companies, uh, you know, in the billions in sales. And um, those are tough jobs, um, you know, managing a board or multiple boards and, um, you know, always having other people to answer to um, and hard to, you know, turn when you need to. So, it's, I mean, it's almost like, you know, capting a boat, you know, if you're driving or if you're, you know, in a great big long boat, you, you can't turn as quick as if you were in a smaller, more nimble craft. And, and I feel like, you know, that's what Subco is, you know, we're certainly big enough to get the job done but we're still nimble enough to turn when we need to and, and uh, you know, re- rechart when we have to. I like that. Yeah, I like that. When, when I hear about large corporations and board meetings and <laughs> it, it fries my brain to even consider the fact that um, y- you need to get approval from 15 different board members before you can make a decision on, on your company. So, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um so, so Trade Fox, like how did, like how did it, the idea kind of come to life? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it was, you know, probably one of my first shows, you know, with Subco and it was a, uh, it was an AHR show uh, in Dallas and I was at the booth and, um, this young man came over and he had this burlap bag. And he asked me if I was Jim Adcox. And I said, uh, you know, yes, I am. And he said, I was told to show this to you. And I said, okay. So I kind of took him around the booth and he opened this burlap bag and I looked inside of it and I knew exactly what it was. Um, and what it was, was uh, what's known now as our Attic Pro. And it's a a really nice piece of equipment that you can anchor to your attic studs and bring up a air handler or uh, air conditioning uh, unit into the attic. It even works on water heaters. But what you do is you simply mount it, and it's kind of got a crank that's similar to a boat, and you just pull it down, uh, hook up your furnace, your air handler, whatever you're going up there with, and you just crank it up. It brings it right up through the hatch, and you swing it over, and, and it's up. And uh, when you want to take the old one down, you do the same thing. You just reverse it. And, you know, uh, even today, people send two or three people out to do that job. And um, this lets you do it with one person. But uh, so I love the idea. And I said, uh, you know, listen, where are you from? And he said, Phoenix, Arizona. And I said, OK, I'll tell you what, uh, put this away. Don't show it to anybody. And uh, here's my card send me an email and I'll get some information from you and uh, I'll meet, I'll uh, send you a plane ticket and I'll meet you in New Jersey. Uh, I don't live in New Jersey, but that's where our corporate office is. And uh, normally I spend a week or or so a month there. And so uh, we flew them up there and I'd already did the research, uh, knew how much uh, this was going to cost to make knew how much we could pay him for a royalty. And, and uh, he showed up, we picked him up at the airport and we had lunch and I brought him back to the office and I said, well, here's your contract. And, uh, 
would you like me to email this to your lawyer or, you know, how would you like to handle that? And he said, I don't have a lawyer. <laughs> and I said, well, what would you like to do? And, and I'll never forget it. He looked me right in the eye and he said, well, I want to trust you. And a light bulb went off. You know, how many, you know, contractors out there have a great idea, but they don't know at all how to how to launch it. They don't really know, uh, do they need a lawyer? Uh, do they need a patent? Do they, you know, do they risk showing it to somebody that might steal the idea? Uh, they they don't know if if they can market it. Do they have to find a factory to make it? And how does that work? And how do you sell it to, to the wholesaler? And how much money does that take? And there's, there's so many unanswered questions. And quite frankly, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that can, you know, spend the money to take a idea from, you know, a drawing all the way to the finish line. It's many thousands of dollars. And, um, and I, I don't want to be cynical, but there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, aren't aren't as honest as they should be. And, and you know, if they can see a good idea um, and, and there's no protection, uh, they, you know, a lot of times those ideas end up going somewhere they shouldn't have. And the person that had the idea is kind of left out in the cold. So that's kind of how it all began. And, um, and I remember... You know the 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 first royalty check that that uh, and his name's Steve Schneider, by the way, and uh, he he called me and said, uh, "I just got my first royalty check," and I said, "Great." And he said, um, "I just want to say thank you," and uh, it it felt great, uh, and it felt great because you know if if Subco can make a profit. Uh, we don't have any problem at all sharing that profit with the person that brought us the idea that allowed us to make that profit. And um, believe me, our ownership would have uh, have n- nothing to do without, you know, just straight up uh, and always do the right thing, which is hard to find, hard to find nowadays. So um, that's kind of how it all began. And so as we, you know, went through the years, we worked with many, many HVAC contractors who, you know, would bring me ideas, bring ideas to SUPCO, and uh, we would uh, get them to market and, and, of course, work out a royalty program. And um, they come in, you know, very many different stages, if you will, Um I was at a trade show uh, one day, and, and of course, everybody ends up at the bar afterward. And this contractor walked of course, me. <laughs> of course <laughs> he, they do. He, he handed me a napkin, and he had been by my booth earlier, and, and uh, he had just had a drawing on it. And he said, "Here's an idea I have. You think you can help me with it?" And and and, w- and we did. And other times, somebody comes with a prototype, and other times. You know, somebody has actually spent the money and manufactured thousands of something uh, only to discover that they can't sell it, uh, especially to the larger wholesalers, because you need to be a vendor of record. and You have to have certain insurance requirements and and nobody really has the time or energy to cut a peel for for one item. And uh that happened with the HVAC strap, a magnetic strap that hangs the manifold uh, gauge. Uh, these guys came up to me at, a, at an HR show and said, everybody loves this, but we can't sell them. You know, could you help us? And I said, I love this idea. I'd love to be part of this. And the, the only, they said the only catch is we've got like 20,000 of these already made. Wow. And so, of course, you know that they didn't have the right connection at the factory. So, you know, what might have cost, uh, you know, me, you know, a couple of dollars to make it our factory cost them like 10 bucks to make it the factory that that they chose. Mm-hmm. So I purchased all their inventory, 
and we sold through it. And then, of course, now we we've been manufacturing it for a number of years and we give them a royalty. And also we put that same magnet on one of our tools and they get a royalty on that as well. Uh, I've seen that magnet on the uh, on the the micron gauge. All right. Speaking about micron gauges, Subco has a very cool one. It's the VG. 64 OTL. It's, it's a very cool micron gauge. Compact. It's got a strap with that magnet we were just talking about. And it's got the Tech Link app that is powered by MeasureQuick that you can see things like, well, you can see your, your micron level and you can see things like pull down rate and all that kind of stuff. It's a very cool app. It's got a lot of good features in it. So check that out from Subco. And, and speaking about pulling a vacuum, put this video out on social media and I was showing it with my Navac 12 CFM vacuum pump, which in that video, that that particular job, it ran for 24 hours straight and then another 48 hours straight. So it's, it's a solid pump. And you gotta leave your gas ballast open until you get down to about 2000 microns. Now, what that does is it allows the system oil to just kinda be in there. But when you get down to 2000 microns, you close it up and it allows that oil to become um, part of the, the process and start grabbing contaminants. So you preserve your oil a little bit by keeping that ballast gas ballast open till you get down to 2000 and then you close it up okay so a little bit of education that came out of blue on i posted up a video with the uh the buckle up sort of live series that blue on did with uh mike and brian and and somebody asked a question about uh heat pumps and evaporator td or indoor coil td of a heat pump now on a heat pump system usually the td like the air in air out across the indoor coil is is higher in the heating mode because in the heating mode you're not just getting rid of the heat that you absorbed um, in the outdoor coil but you're also getting rid of the heat of compression all right Um, so typically you're going to see a higher td across the coil the indoor coil in heating mode because of that so that came out of blue on and guys if you don't have their app download it because these guys are filled with knowledge and they can help you with their 24 7 free tech support the other thing that i was gonna mention to you guys is i've got a quote in and actually approval to do cleaning of a bunch of evaporators and what i'm going to do is i'm going to use the jet gun uh, by aircom that is sold in north america by cool air products the same people that bring you ac smart seal i'm going to use that up on a lift to clean these evaporators because it's battery powered Um, the battery i have lasts for up to an hour there's also a five hour battery too but i think an hour um, should be good because i can can get a bunch clean it's not going to take very long to clean them maybe a few minutes each coil and then in between i can plug it in while i go eat lunch and all that kind of stuff to recharge so anyway let's get back to jim and the rest of the podcast Sorry guys, I just caught myself. When I was describing that indoor coil and the air in, air out over it, I was calling it TD, which I shouldn't have done and I should have caught myself when I was talking about it. It's actually Delta T. Delta T is the air in and the air out. TD is something different. It's basically the difference between the return air and the saturated temperature of the refrigerant at the coil. So my apologies for that. Let's move on to Jim. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very strong magnet, too. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's an earth magnet. And, and um, so those are just, you know, and I think the other favorite part of the, the uh, Trade Fox program is that we don't, as Subco, take the credit for the idea. Uh, we, we absolutely highlight the inventor. And really that idea, uh, you know, uh, came from Melissa Bennett, who's our marketing in charge of our marketing. And she will, you know, get a picture of the inventor, uh, put them on social media, tell their story. You know, how did you come up with this? And um, and it's fantastic because the inventor really should get credit for the innovation um, and the talent that it took to, you know, invent something that, that solves a, a real world problem. And, and I agree with, uh, Melissa on that because when other technicians see that you guys are giving 
the inventor credit, who is a technician like they are, I mean, that sort of, that sort of might energize somebody else to say, Hey, look what these guys are doing. Um, I'm not just going to be like shuffled away once my idea is given to them and and I'm kind of lost in the shuffle, but they're actually going to show that I invented it. I'm going to get credit for it. I'm going to get a royalty for it. And, And I think it's fantastic that you showcase the fact that these, these guys are, are inventing it and they're technicians just like a lot of these guys on social media and, and, and girls on social media, they are technicians. And when they see this, it really hits home with them. And, and I think that if there's a tool that somebody is selling um, that's very similar to a tool that they know a technician invented, um, I, I think that they might want to probably choose the one that the technician invented just to support them is, is what I, I think that someone would want to choose. So I think that's the smart idea is, is to showcase them. Uh, I think so too. And um, Chris Mancuso, um, who's, uh, I, I can't say enough about him. Uh, very, uh, very honest and sincere man. He, uh, he always says that, you know, we, we want to support the industry. We want to support the trade <laughs> And he really is, you know, pro technician, just like I am. And we think very much the same on that. And and, and the technicians, number one, don't get enough respect. Um, I can't tell you how many of my friends will tell me, uh, you know, oh, my son doesn't want to uh, go to college. And he thinks a lot about uh, what you do. And and could you come and tell him that he's got to go to college? And I say, Man, you are talking to the wrong guy. If 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 they don't want to go to college, let's get them in an HVAC school, and let's let's give them a trade that they can make a living the rest of their life, and a good living. And uh, you know, it's it, it, you know, I don't know. It's probably not a good pickup line at a bar to you know. Oh yes, I'm a I fix air conditioners. Then it would be if you were a brain surgeon or something, but. You know, it's a industry that will always feed your family, and it's an honorable industry if you do it right and you treat people right and, and you do the right stuff. So that is, you know, really helping the contractor uh, and helping the industry and making them some money, uh, not just when they work on something. It's They get rewarded for an innovative product that they came up with. Their talent, mm-hmm. and some of them are incredible innovators. Um, t- to your point uh, about you know highlighting the technician, there's a gentleman in California. His name's Ray Valdez, and he invented the cool presser, which is the little cone with a magnet on it that you put a water hose on, and it'll cool a overheated compressor down. Instead of just spraying the compressor with a water hose and wetting everything and taking 30, 40 minutes to cool the compressor off, this thing will cool the compressor off in about six minutes uh, because it it coats the entire compressor and dissipates the heat very, very rapidly. Yeah, I've seen a video of it and it, and it does actually, it, it, do, it does have a, a nice even flow of water that flows down the compressor and, and those things, anybody that I I've gone to overheated compressors on a commercial roof. Um, unfortunately I, I'm not able to, to run a hose, <laughs> be like six, 700 feet of hose, but it takes right. like, it take it literally takes hours for the compressor to, it could take hours for the compressor to, to cool down on a hot summer day, but in a residential application where the machine's sitting at the side of the home and there's a hose bib and probably a hose right there, I mean, and you have that tool. Yeah, it, that, is, um, that is a real advantage to, to, and, and to have that. It's quick uh, and also doesn't wet your coil and everything because now if you've got a wet coil, it's going to throw off your, your, your readings on your manifold gauge. But Ray, went, uh, Ray was at home and he had to run a service call and his son was home from school. And uh, he, <laughs> he took his son to, to run a part. And um, they went into the, to a, to a wholesaler 
And uh, he got to the counter and he was talking to the counter guy. And the counter guy said, I know who you are. You're Ray Valdez. You invented the cool presser. And look, we have him on the shelf. And he took Ray over and showed him where it was on the shelf. And he said, guys, guys, come over. You got to meet Ray Valdez. And everybody came over and they treated him like a rock star. And he said, you know, he got in the van and the look that his son was giving him, he, he said he, it, it just made him feel like Superman, that his son was so impressed that these people treated his dad like a rock star. And, you know, he watches his dad come home from work every day, dirty, a little bit grumpy sometimes, and he realizes that, you know, what his dad does for a living is is pretty cool. So... You know, stories like that make you feel good about about the program. And uh, and so in, in the last year or two, we've really kind of honed in on it, gave it a name, uh, Trade Fox, have a website, ideas at subcotradefox.com. So you can send an email to the ideas at subcotradefox.com. And then you, you'll get a letter, which will be followed up by a phone call from me. Um, if the idea seems like something that you know, makes sense and, and would be a, a good idea. Um, we have a consultant um, that helps us out on a, a lot of these. His name is Josh Cooley. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he invented the magnetic umbrella. And he's uh, available. That's, that's, to- uh, that's, that's such an ironic name. His name is Josh Cooley. <laughs> yeah. he's, in, he's in the HVAC trade and the umbrella I mean, gives them shade in the summer to keep them, keep them cool. So I don't know. I don't know. It's cheesy, but I just thought of that. As it's you were saying. funny, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's a, he's a brilliant guy and he can certainly, you know, help, uh, you know, hone in on the, on the, on the product, uh, improve it um, and whatever. And any improvements that we make, of course, still the idea and, and the, and the royalty stays with the, with the original inventor. So, you know, not only are we willing to, you know, get out there and, you know, do all the heavy lifting, uh, we're willing to get somebody on a consultant basis to see if we can't improve the idea. And, um, and I guess for the, for the technician and the inventor, the nice part about it is there really is no risk, right? They, you know, if we decide to move forward and there's a, there's a process, right. We've got to look at the idea, vet the idea. Uh, We have a little committee that we talk about, you know, do we want to move forward with this? You know, is it too much like something else we sell? Uh, You know, is it going to be too expensive for the market that those kind of things. And, and um, once we do that, then we do everything else. We, we do the tooling, we pay for all the molds, we buy the inventory, uh, Melissa Bennett, you know, works with her department and does all the nice packaging, point of sales material. And then uh, we bring it in to our warehouse. Our, our reps get samples, our reps get trained. So we have 70 reps out there calling on the wholesalers, selling these products, um, talking to contractors, doing all those things. And then, you know, all the social media um, folks like you that do a great job of uh showing product and, and talking about, you know, the right way to do stuff. Uh, it's a whole, it's a whole process. It, it does take, you know, some time to get it all done, but I can't tell you how many times I'm at a trade show and a contractor will come by and go, Oh my God, I invented that and point to something on the table. And I'll say, well, what, what did you do with the idea? And he said, nothing. I'm like, God, how, what a great idea. You, you, you had the idea, but you didn't take it anywhere. And, and many of them say, well, I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And, and they get wrong um, advice when they go to their buddy or their friend and, hey, well, how, how do you think I should launch this? The first thing the buddy says is, oh, you got to get a patent. Well, there's not a whole lot of people that have got the thousands of dollars to spend on a patent you know, for an idea that they're not sure, you know, is even a, a workable, uh, sellable idea. 
Mm-hmm. So, and many times, you know, depending on the product, you know, a patent uh, doesn't do a whole lot of good because depending on the volume of the product, you know, if you had to defend that patent, it would cost a lot of money. So a lot of times patents go, people break a patent, they don't defend it because they're not going to spend a hundred grand in court to defend something that they're making $50,000 a year in profit on. Yeah. I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you some of the, the tools already invented, like there's, there's uh, how, how many would you say maybe like 15 to 20 in that range? Uh, Trey Fox. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd say, yeah, I'd say I hadn't, I haven't counted them. Um, but you know, the, the brand trade Fox, we probably have 20, maybe a little more. Okay. And Cause we I, also have, I was going to say, cause some also, of the, some of the, some of the people listening might not know exactly uh, what tools are within that trade Fox sort of realm and, and the technician um, that, that, or the technician actually invented these tools. So can we maybe go through a few, few like highlight a few that, that we can say, Hey, a technician invented this as part of the trade Fox lineup. So I, I know there's the umbrella, which is a very popular one. Um, we've talked about the, the attic pro and you talked about the compressor uh coolant magnet i can't remember the name of it sorry uh but uh some other ones that are that are really really out there is is the i'm pretty sure that the shaft blaster i know (laughs) it's got a funny name but is that that's a technician invented tool right it it is and uh we don't we don't really think of that as part of trade fox we think of that as part of uh Trade Fox approved. In other words, uh, the person that invented the the shaft blaster is a uh, contractor for years and years and years and mega successful. And he invented that and he makes it. He he has a factory. Uh, they they machine it, precision machine it. Uh, they do it all, and and then we sell it for him. So it's not really Trade Fox because we don't make it, but it is Trade Fox approved because it's technician invented and it's uh, very innovative. Um, but like, it's not always a tool. That's that's a Trade Fox. Trade Fox is really a brand. So okay. Uh, an example, the Jones valve. The Jones valve is a is a is a valve you put on a condensate line, and it's got a, a fitting, and you hook up your uh, nitrogen to that fitting, and at the top of the valve you turn it one way, and it blocks uh, the entry to the condensate line to one side, and it opens up one side, so. When you blow the line, it goes towards the, say, the condenser to the uh, air handler or the furnace. And then when you turn it the other way, it blows outside. Then you open it and it's clear. So, you know, Andy Jones, hence the Jones valve, (laughs) uh, contractor in the Dallas area, came from California, but invented that valve and used it just for himself. And I got to talking to him, oh man, I don't know, five, six years ago, maybe more. And we began making the valve and marketing the valve. And, and, and today uh, it's, it's the number one condensate cleanout valve in the country. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It does look, um, it's got like the little uh, Schrader core that I guess you could use for like a refrigerant hose um, that may be an older hose that you're not using anymore or something like that, that you don't want to, that, that you don't mind getting wet and you could use that with your nitrogen bottle type it, thing and, and blow yeah, it up. The nitrogen fitting will fit right on that. Oh, okay. And, um, it, it's just a great invention in it. And it's a, in the States, it's code that you have to have a permanent clean out though. And so it's really a, really a good way to do it and it's not a ton of money and and so people love that valve 
Um, but, you know, Furnace Pro, I don't know if you've seen the Furnace Pro. It's a magnetic device that when you open the door of a air handler or a furnace, you know, it'll shut off because of the safety switch. This has two magnets and you can use it to hold that switch shut so you can do some diagnostics uh, while the machine is running with the door open. And the nicest thing about this is you can't put the door back on because that tool will be in the way. It, it makes you take the tool off so you you so you don't forget it. Yeah. Put the safety back. I can't tell you how many times a contractor will put some black tape on that or wire it and the safety's gone. So if that door was to fall off or or somebody's wife said, man, that, that unit's making a lot of noise. It wasn't making that noise before the guy came and somebody takes that cover off and that thing's still running. That could be a problem. Uh, and that's just a little you know, a little device, but it's, but it's fantastic. Um, and it, in the North uh, West, the gas company has a list of 10 items that a contractor that works for them can't leave the yard unless they have everything on this list. And that little furnace pro is on that list. So your fire extinguisher, your, you can safety goggles and your furnace pro. So it's kind of fun. But uh, the, I don't, have you seen the flame sensor cleaner? Um, I'm, I'm on the, yep. I'm looking at it right now. It looks, this, this one intrigues me because um, th this could be kept in your pouch very easily. And in the past, I've like, if I know that I'm going on a heating call, because I don't like to leave sand cloth or sandpaper in my tool bag. Um, so if I know I'm going up to a no heat, I'll go into my, my roll and I'll rip a little piece off and I'll shove it in my pocket just in case I got a clean one. So this thing looks pretty cool. So if maybe you can explain that to us. And it looks like it goes on a key, a key ring too. It can go on a key ring. It's just a little cylinder, uh, metal cylinder, and inside has a special brush. And then on one side, it's got a hole big enough to fit a flame sensor. And so when you get out to a house that's got a dirty flame sensor, instead of taking your cloth out or a dollar bill, you can use this to clean. And all of the residue stays in that little metal piece. So you don't have it, you know, all over the place. And... It doesn't hurt the flame sensor. It's not like sandpaper. They tell you not to use sandpaper on uh, flame. Yeah, I, I know. I've I've heard that before, but I've been using sandpaper for like twenty years, and um, it, that's that's always a, a debate. But this thing does look really cool, and it's something that I think a lot of um, heating techs would would get a lot of use out of because uh, I don't know how many calls I've been to where it's just the flame sensor. That's the problem. It's just got a little coating on it and you give it a clean and, and, and away it goes again. So this, this is a very inexpensive tool and, and, a, and a handy one that could um, really be helpful on a job. And the other one I was going to ask you about, which seems really, really uh, interesting to me, because I don't know how it works is the bearing buster. And there's three different sizes. So how, how, how does that work? The bearing buster is when you need to change a bearing like especially on a commercial unit that, you know, it's got like a tripod and the bearing is there and the shaft fits through that bearing. Mm -hmm. When that bearing goes out, it is extremely hard to get that bearing off because it's normally, you know, stuck pretty hard in there and there's a shaft there. So it's not like you can get behind it very easily. So. Yep. Had this problem. Depending on the size of the shaft, that's the bearing buster that you use. So like a BB-34 is three-quarter inch. So if you had a three-quarter inch bearing, you would get the BB-34. You, you, you literally take that behind the, the brace and you put it on the shaft and it fits perfect on the shaft and you pull it towards you like a hammer and it'll pop that bearing out. Interesting. I would love to try that because... I've had, um, especially with the, 
the units with the 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 spider brackets uh, that that you cannot remove because there's a lot of uh, spider brackets that are bolted on. You can unbolt them and get a puller behind the entire assembly and pull it off. But there's a lot of the brackets. They're just they're kind of fastened into the blower housing, and you can't get the bracket off. So you have to get in behind that bearing to pull it out. So what you're describing, it would work perfect on that sort of spider bracket. And I and I was and we worked and tried to make a tool that you could like just have one handle and a three quarter inch and a one inch and a you know that you could pop on there and 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 just have one tool, but you you put such force behind it when you when you use it like a hammer that that doesn't work. You actually have to have the you know the the three different sizes, but. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, again, invented by a contractor that did commercial work his whole life and, and was sitting around one day and said, man, there's just got to be an easier way. And, and, and he came up with that idea. And when I got the idea, uh, he was, he was actually manufacturing them, uh, at a steel shop. And of course they weren't very pretty and, um, they weren't very precise, but they worked and he was selling them. Uh, now of course we refined it and they, they look really nice, but they still work about the, about the same, but it's a nice product. And one of my favorite, uh, trade pro items is our locking caps and, um, every locking cap that you see on the market, you know, has a different key. It's either got a magnet, it's got a valve core remover. It's got some weird key that you need. And a lot of times you get out to a job and you don't have the right key for that locking cap to, to, to get to the lines. And uh, it's a problem. And they're very expensive. Uh, a set of those caps is very expensive. So in many parts of the here in the U.S., they, they do have, you know, codes that say you have to have a locking cap. And I've actually heard people put locking caps on it. When they get the inspection, they go back and take them off, put a regular cap on them. But several years ago, I was approached at, at iHacky, which is a show in California. Uh, Matthew Gross was the guy's name and he had come up with a neoprene locking cap. And the tool that you use is an Allen wrench. And so now you've got a tamper resistant cap made out of neoprene. So it's about, you know, half the cost that of a metal locking cap. And now you can afford to put locking caps on everything and leave them in place like they should be. And the next guy that comes after you doesn't need a special tool. He can just take his Allen wrench and, and take the cap off. And, um, you know, there's no way that a, that a, somebody that's tweaking refrigerant is going to be carrying around an Allen wrench. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard about stories. Like I actually did a podcast a couple of years back with uh, a a gentleman whose friend passed away from huffing refrigerant because he was basically going out to the side of, of the house and huffing refrigerant. I don't know how he got into that, but he ended up passing away and I, I think that I've heard stories that in some areas it's mandatory to put these locking caps on because of they, it's known that people are going out and not only st- trying to steal refrigerant, but actually huffing it um, to get high. So yeah, th- this, th- these, I guess these locking caps would be a benefit in, in that case of that is sort of happening in the neighborhood or the area that you're in. Well, and it, and it happens in every neighborhood. Uh, you just don't know it. Like, I, I don't know. It's probably two years ago. Uh, I noticed that my neighbor and I, I, I live on some land, so my neighbors are quite a distance. But I, I kept noticing an HVAC truck going to my neighbor's house, and so I, I walked over there one day because he had a, a horse trailer he wanted to show me, and I said, Jack, why? Is that HVAC truck here so often? He goes, well, the the unit won't hold gas. He said, and they can't find the leak. And so I walked around to the unit, and I, I kid you not, 
I looked in the bush and there was a balloon there. And I wow. said, I'm going to fix this for you, Jack. And I came back to my house and I got my sample box out. And I took two caps over there and screwed them on. Well, actually, I had to have four because he had two units, but I screwed them on there. And I said, Jack, you will never again uh, have to have an HVAC guy here to put gas in your system. I said, that's the good news. The bad news is you might have a grandkid that's huffing refrigerant. And he said, oh, I've never heard of that. And sure enough, he never had a he never had that HVAC truck out there again. So it's real. It happens. And those locking caps are uh, are pretty important. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, there was a video circulating on, online a, a while back of some young, maybe teenagers or so, they're, they're like partying on boats and they're passing around a bottle of R22 or a jug of R22 taking turns huffing out of it. And I'm like, are you, you guys, are you guys <laughs> kidding me? If, so and if you get liquid, you will, you will die. Yeah, if, yeah, if... if <laughs> If you yeah, if you if you swallow R twenty two or whatever refrigerant it is in a pure liquid, yeah, you're in trouble. I so, totally agree uh, with you. You you were talking about the flame sensor cleaner, and, and I, I guess this is a pretty interesting story. Okay, cool. The, are you familiar with the mag jumper? Yep, I was looking at that too. I used to own uh, a mag jumper a, a while back, but I lost it, and I was actually kind of upset because it comes in handy in a lot of cases. So the guys that invented the, the mag jumper uh, started allowing us to make the mag jumper. And, and uh, so we manufacture it and, and we sell it. And, um, and, and I, I made an agreement with these two guys that I would, Chris Mancuso and I, we told them that, okay, you bring us all your ideas and we'll make everything you come up with, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> what was which is kind of silly on our part because they've brought us some some some, some ideas that weren't great, mm-hmm. but the 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 flame sensor cleaner was one of their ideas. And Chris and I looked at each other and said, "This thing will never sell." Guys are used to using a dollar bill or you know piece of emery cloth, and and so, but we we our agreement was we were going to make it, so we did, and we had to make a full run at the factory, so. I don't know we made twenty or thirty thousand of them, and we ran out in six months. But wow. they also came up with the filter pullers. Uh, yep, I have it. I have love it. it. I love that and thing. I've been it. using it a lot lately, to be honest with you. And the and the fun part is when when you know sitting down there talking to them, they always make a prototype. So you know they had like a car antenna. And and they they soldered a little hook on the end. And this is how they're showing it. Um, but we made those both, and and then we have the BRK uh, pros, the the fuse testers. Have you seen those? Uh yeah, I have one. I actually did a little demo video on it. Uh, not not too recent. Uh, actually, about a month ago, I I made uh, a demo video on it. Do you have the the whole kit with the little uh, round fuse adapters as well? Yes. Yeah. So they came up with the with the BRK Pros, the, the the little three amp and five amp, and then one of our engineers came up with the idea of putting the little round uh, testers in there as well. Now, what I find interesting about it is here's here's two inventors, they're partners, they work in the business every day together, and they probably have you know six seven different items with us. So, so when they go get their mailbox money, they're getting mailbox money, not for one item, but for six or seven items. Wow. So there's just because you have one good idea, doesn't mean you don't have two, three, four, five, six, ten. You know what I mean? It's funny because I'm actually, I've had an idea for a tool uh, in my head for a while and I'm actually sort of as you're describing things i'm 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 kind of scribbling it down in a drawing <laughs> yeah so you might get you might get an email from me we might be talking again next week <laughs> that's good i love it i love every idea and you know sometimes you know it doesn't make sense to make it but if you don't take your shot 
You're never going to know. You, you yeah. have nothing to lose if you've got a good idea or you think you've got a good idea. Bring it to somebody like Subco, who, number one, is going to be honest with you, whether it's good or bad. We're never going to steal an idea. And we're going to treat you right as good as we can with a royalty and, and all that. And we're going to make sure people know that you're the inventor. We don't, we don't want to steal anybody's thunder. No, we, we want to be known as the people that have all the new innovative stuff, uh, quality that you know makes a contractor's life easier. And we want to be a part of this industry. We want to be good stewards. And the only way to do that is to make sure that you know our contractor base out there has a place to get creative, share their ideas, and, and it's crazy. I talked to a, a 21-year-old young man uh, who's been in the business since he got out of trade school. And I, I was so impressed with him because the, the, the younger people aren't coming into business. I mean, we're losing contractors at a rate of three to one. And three, three contractors leave the industry and one comes in. And so I was talking to this young man and, and I asked him how long he been working for this company. And he said, three years. And asked him if he had his own van yet. He said, yeah, he's, he's been running his own van for a year. And I said, so how much money do you make a year? He said, I made a hundred grand last year. And I said, you're 21 years old. He said, yes, sir. I said, have you bought a house yet? He said, yeah, I bought one six months ago. And I said, do you love the business? He said, with all my heart. And I said, okay, now it's going to get a little awkward because I don't know you that well. And I'm going to come around this table and give you a big hug. <laughs> and then uh, a year ago, I cut a deal for a new item that, believe it or not, is not out yet because it's it took this much to, to, to get it ready to go. But this gentleman, uh, Paul Leggett is his name. Uh, I, I believe he's 80 years old. And he has come up with an invention that is going to blow people's socks off. I've never seen anything like it. And it is just awesome. And I think you'll see it. I think we'll launch it in about uh, three to four months. So, you know, from 21 to 80, from a little flame sensor that cost, you know, six bucks, you know, all the way up to this new invention that's going to cost three or $400. Um, we run the gamut, uh, and I don't believe there's another company anywhere that can do it like we do it and treat people the way we treat people and take an idea from, you know, just a broad idea to a finished product, you know, sitting on a wholesaler's shelf. Um, I don't think anybody's as good as Subco is at that or anything else for that matter. I'm a little biased. <laughs> of course you are. Um, cool, Jim. Well, I mean, is there anything else we, we should throw in here? Like, I know that um, anybody that might that might send you an email or have an idea or something, they might want to know how they can protect their idea. Is, is there any way that you suggest how they do that? Like a non-disclosure agreement is there, or is there anything else that, that you can think of that they want to that they can use to protect themselves? Well, as soon as we get the, the email at ideas at subcotradefox.com, it automatically generates a letter that says, uh, you know, here's kind of what the program's about, and you're going to get a call from Jim Adcox. And I call every one of these people myself before anybody else talks to them. Um, and I call them, and I just talk to them a little bit. I give them a little background on the program. And at that point, I, I don't want to hear their idea. I send them an NDA, which I've already filled out with their name. I've already signed it. And I tell them, look, I don't want to talk to you about this until you sign this because that gives you some protection. Now, I can't guarantee that you didn't show this idea to one of your buddies and he's doing something with it right now. But what I can guarantee you is that once we sign this NDA, if anything leaks, it's not going to leak from Subco. And that's really the best uh, the, the best advice I can give people is if you've got a good idea, do not show it around. Um, bring it to us, sign an NDA so you know you've got some protection. 
and let us get it out on the market. Now, whether or not, you know, a patent follows, um, it just all depends on the idea, but most of them, you know, a patent, you know, isn't going to give the protection it needs. And it's probably a product that if you're first to market and you've got a good quality product, nobody's going to try to knock it off. It's just too much effort. Mm -hmm. So really, uh, you know, you got to keep, you know, your ideas to yourself and uh, the NDA is important. Uh, anybody can do a, a provisional patent online um, and it doesn't, it, it's not expensive. Uh, the expensive part comes when you have to apply for the patent and you got to do that within a year of, of the provisional patent. Uh, so if you fill out a provisional patent, the clock kind of starts ticking. So, you know, I'm not a patent attorney. I don't want to give you a patent attorney advice, but uh, I've been in the business my whole life. And, you know, a lot of times uh, the best, you know, uh, defense is offense, meaning get it to the market first, uh, make it so darn good and market it so good that, uh, you know, people want the original. They don't want a, a knockoff that comes later. Yeah, that's, I, I totally agree with you. Once you're protected and then once you bring it to market and if it, if it is that good of a product, you're right. There's going to, there's not going to be a lot of people that want to copy it and try to compete with it because if you already have the market, that can be a lot of work on their end and cost them a lot of money to compete with it. So yeah, get, get that idea out there as quick as you can get protected and, and, and just move forward. And the, the, the royalty thing, like how, I guess that's something that you would talk to each individual about and figure out the, the royalty on a, on a sort of case by case basis. Right. Yeah. It's nothing but a math formula, right? You, yeah. you take a product, you figure out what it's going to cost to make. You figure out what you think you can sell it for. And, and you just work backwards and, and you know what a royalty is. I mean, normally a royalty, you know, five, to 10% of, a, of what you sell it to the wholesaler for. Uh, some things are a little bit uh, less. Some things are a little bit more depending on, you know, the price of the item, but uh, it, it really is just a math formula. And, and it's really interesting to know that, you know, you, you've got to price it to the market correctly, right? You're a contractor. You know that there's, there's some kind of a, you get a brain freeze at a certain point, right? If I guarantee if you walk in a store and there's a great item out there and it's $29.95, you never think twice about grabbing it. It, it, it $29.95 just, you know, for a contractor, it just doesn't seem like a lot of money. But if it's $109, you're going to think twice about it. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes, uh, you know, pricing something correctly for the value of what it is uh, is the difference of selling a thousand a year or five thousand a year or even ten thousand a year because there's there there is a there is a certain point where a contractor has to think about something and it depends on the product some stuff you know he, a couple hundred bucks is not much to think about it depending on what the product is and some stuff it it, it is so we we do our homework we you know we have some uh, what we call, you know, contractor councils. Uh, I have a group here in Texas that I talk to, and, and we got a few in New Jersey uh, when I'm up there. But run some ideas by them when it comes to pricing. What would you pay for this? You know, what do you think about this? Uh, what would you like to see for a package? Would you like it in a hard case? Would you like it in a soft case? Uh, what would you like to see? That kind of stuff. So we try to get a product to market. Uh, as best we can. And if we get some feedback uh, with some changes and it makes sense, then we'll do a running change at the factory and, 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 and make those changes. But, you know, our ultimate goal is to get a product just as perfect as we can and uh, take it to market and, uh, and go from there. Cool. All right, Jim. Well, I think we've pretty much covered Trade Fox and I, th I think it's a great brand and I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing. And I'm glad that Steve Snyder came up to you <laughs> in Dallas and said, hey, 
uh, what do you think of this? Because that, that really put this whole thing in motion. So um, good on you guys for helping technicians bring their ideas to life. And um, I hope to see many more inventions coming through the, the line here. Awesome. Well, you will. We've got a we've got a list of stuff we're working on. And anybody out there that has an idea, please go to ideas at subcotradefox.com and and uh at least uh you know get it out there so we can uh take a shot at it. If you don't uh if you don't take a shot, you'll never uh you'll never know what could have happened. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jim. All right, partner, I appreciate it. Enjoy talking to you. So I'm gonna make a guess that a lot of us have had tool ideas in the past because we came across a problem in the field and go, man, I wish I had a tool to do this. So think back to all of those times where you had a problem. This is how tool ideas are invented. You have a problem, you need a solution, you come up with an idea. Now those ideas usually freeze at ideas and they don't, they don't move forward because people don't know how to do that. Now there's a way for you to do that if you're interested in doing so. So thank you, Jim, very much for getting on here and telling the story of Trade Fox and sort of how it came to be and, and how you guys move through the process of it all. Thank you to Master Group for sponsoring the podcast, guys. I'm out. Happy HVAC. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.